take that opportunity to um, try different stuff and you know try to find things that that you know match where you want to be. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today on Demo Day. Of course, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're more, you're 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 so welcome. So so Sam, over the last you know few months, I I think it was right around the time of the Upfront Summit. I started seeing .LA pretty much everywhere, and it feels like right now you guys have already become like the destination for startup culture, tech culture in the Los Angeles space. So for anyone that has never heard of you guys before, or maybe just didn't even know about .LA, can you talk just you know briefly about what .LA is and and you know who is the the ideal person that you think uh, should go check it out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thank you for, for the kind words. Uh, we launched the site on January 27th and yeah, the Upfront Summit was uh, one of our biggest, uh, it, was our, it was our Super Bowl, right? Um, so we are uh, a new news outlet uh, that is focused on LA's tech and startup community. Um, the idea being, um, we really think that LA is poised to be the next great uh, you know, global hub of, uh, of innovation. Uh, in the past couple of years, we've turned a corner from uh, this Silicon Beach, hey, did you know LA has tech now to uh, a, a really mature scene and one that is, uh, you know, cross-pollinating with all of these other industries uh, that LA has always had um, and is creating something really new and, and, uh, and, and exciting. Um, but one of the must missing pieces of the puzzle is that there wasn't really anything that was uh, uh, giving exposure to all this great stuff that's ha that was happening and uh, is acting as, as a hub of the community to bring people together. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do uh, with .LA. Um, the, the origin story of it is um, my co-founder, who's a guy named Spencer Raskoff, who was the uh, co-founder and C longtime CEO of Zillow uh, and and Hotwire before that, um, who's born and raised in in LA uh, as am I. Um, I moved back here a couple of years ago, and he did as well. Uh, was commuting back and forth uh, to Seattle, uh, and was noticing all of these trends that were happening in uh, in the community. And so when he finally left about a year and a half ago, uh, after a decade at Zillow, I was thinking about what he wanted to do next. Um, creating something that would serve this purpose, um, a startup covering startups that's, you know, integrated into the community and, and can, can act as a really useful uh, source of information and community. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that was the basic idea. Um, he recruited me to uh, co-found with him. Uh, so he is the executive chairman and I'm the CEO. Um, we, yeah, we co-founded it a little over a year ago today. This is mid-May. Uh, and I spent the rest of the year, we raised a, a seed round and, you know, recruited an amazing team, uh, of, uh, we're also 12 people, um, a, an amazing team of journalists and, you know, a, an events director and head of video and podcasting, things like that. And so, uh, we're, we're really just trying to, um, you know, give exposure to all of this amazing stuff that's, that's happening here. Um, so it's been, it's been a, it's been a very fun ride so far, but we're just getting started. Uh, that's, it's so awesome because, yeah. you know, I, I've been grew up also in Manhattan beach. So in Southern Los Angeles. And, uh, when I came out of school, I was in Mucker 
Mucker Labs' first class, I believe, in 2012. So right as Silicon Beach was becoming a thing, you know, uh, I was one of Koloff's members, which I don't know if you've uh, gotten a chance to, to, to see Koloff, but really like one of the earliest co-working spaces. And so to see the progress of the LA ecosystem, you know, growing up with companies like Washio and Laurel and Wolf and, you know, 2020 and like all of these companies that have gone through these cycles, it's really awesome to see uh, a company like you guys coming to shed some light on it and and really help to expand the community. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about how you got to this position because uh, it is, you know, got to be an exciting opportunity to see and have like the first glimpse at all of the exciting thing each of these companies are, are doing. Uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your upbringing. I know you said you were born in Los Angeles. Uh, where did you go to school, you know, elementary school style? Like, what were you like growing up? Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, born and raised in Santa Monica, California, uh, which which is something that I feel very, very fortunate about. I, I, I think it's I think it's the greatest place in the world. Um, How come? I didn't quite. I, you know, it's well, uh, if, aside from the, the, the obvious, you know, weather and uh, just kind of culture stuff, I, I, I think that it's, you know, the perfect balance of I, I think that one of the things that makes L.A. so amazing is that it, you know, it, it manages to find a hybrid between, uh, uh, you know, urban, all of the things that you would want out of a major city, mm -hmm. but very little of it actually has, you know, that vibe of, I, I spent a few years in, in New York and really loved it until, until I didn't. Um, but it, you know, th that combination of, uh, uh, all of the benefits and, and, uh, resources of, of a major city while still getting to feel like, you know, I, I grew up in a single family home and had a backyard and a dog and stuff. And so I, I really just think that that's, um, uh, something really special about, uh, LA. And so um, I, I went to a, a tiny little elementary school called Village School in the, in the Palisades because my mom taught at uh, Palisades High. Um, and then did middle and high school at um, Harvard Westlake, um, which is actually that my co-founder had gone there um, a, a 15 or 20 years before uh, me. And so that, that was, we ended up getting connected partially through people that. that we knew from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go Wolverines, right? <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah, and so I, I was always really interested in, in media. Uh, I, I was the, the editor-in-chief of our, our high school newspaper up there, um, as he had been uh, when, when he was there, um, and, and always knew that, that I, I was really passionate about, uh, about media and journalism and, and the role that it can, can play in a, in a, uh, a, a vibrant society. Mm. Um, but I, obviously, as I was coming up, that was in the real kind of crater of um, – the business model being completely blown up and the the replacement for it hadn't yet really materialized and so Meaning like digital. i was always i was always focused on yeah exactly so you know, newspapers used to have a really incredible business and dual revenue streams from you know subscriptions and advertising uh and uh it, it, you know it was a really really great time for a long time and then uh in you know, the late 90s and, and uh, through the 2000s, uh, that completely blew up, right? The, the, you know, people were getting the news online, but they weren't ready to pay for it. Digital advertising uh, had, you know, lower lower ad rates than, uh, than print had in the past. And so it was just a, a phase of um, pretty drastic contraction. Um, and so as someone who 
thought that I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, it, it, it was, just, I, I couldn't really, you know, it, it was, it was always hard to square that to myself with, you know, the, the business model problems. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always kind of knew that, that at some point I would want to drift over to uh, the business side of it and help solve for that. Right. Uh, and, and if that could be, you know, what I, what I focused on, um, I, I thought that that would um, always be uh, really exciting. Um, so I went off, uh, I did my undergrad at Harvard, um, did some journalism there, but, uh, you know, also w- was, was focused on some other stuff, um, ended up out, out of there as a journalist, actually, I was at um, Bloomberg and then Reuters um, for, uh, for a year or so, uh, right out of college, um, and then, you know, realized that uh, it was time to to make that shift um, uh, away from journalism and and onto kind of um, journalism enabling, right? Uh, and the business side of the equation. James, so, can, I, can I ask you a question? Like for please. for many people, getting to Harvard is like a pinnacle moment of of life, right? Especially like when you're on that track. Maybe maybe not as much like in today, or maybe it is. But I feel like you know, in our generation, like like getting to Harvard is that moment. Was, was it like that for you or was it something that wasn't as important to you? Like not the biggest milestone. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, it is like a very you know silly thing in, in hindsight, of course. And, and Harvard Westlake is, is very hyper focused on that kind of stuff. And everyone is, you know, looking over each other's shoulders and in, in, in hindsight, I think that matters far less than a lot of people tend to uh, uh, attribute uh, um, value to it. it. It's, you know, obviously it was, you know, really exciting to, you know, yeah. And can you, um, can you elaborate on it a little more in the context of like when you meet new candidates that maybe you're thinking about hiring for .LA and you're giving advice to other CEOs, like why does it not matter to you personally as much as maybe it did before? Yeah, well, I mean, look, like credentialism in general, and I say this to someone who has like benefited from credentialism, but it, it's it, like it it really is more of just like a signaling thing than mm. anything else. And it some of the things that it signals are you know useful. Um, it, you know, people with that kind of background tend to you know at least be able to execute tasks and uh, you know have some baseline level of intelligence but it's it, it is very far from the end all be all um, especially in business and, execution yeah especially in business and, and media and it, you know it's it, I, I don't know I could go on about the the cost thing for for a while but I think that it's a it's a system of like weird overlapping incentives and, and signals that probably needs to be deconstructed mm-hmm. to some degree. Uh, and, and I think probably is, um, just you know, curious, we're at a point in time. just curious. Cause it sounds like, you know, you, you really, uh, have a lot of like a, a perspective on it. Do you think, you know, in 10 years from now, or let, let's even go further out, like 15 years from now, do you think that the education system will be exactly the way it is, which is, you know, a hybrid now of, uh, brick and mortar and, and online, or do you see like a complete change in the, in that 15 year window? Yeah, it's uh, it's a really interesting question. It's 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 one that I'm not. I wouldn't call myself qualified to to uh, speak confidently on it. But um, since you're asking, I'm happy to share yeah. my, <laughs> my thought, my personal thoughts on it. Um, I, I think that y- y- yes, we are. We were we were heading to 
some kind of fundamental transformation uh, of that, I, I would say, regardless before um, the this 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 coronavirus crisis that that we're still in in the the depths of right now, um, and you see you know a, a lot of people uh, by necessity experimenting with online education. Again, that's not something really? that was created by this, but it you know it it is a uh, uh, a catalyst and an accelerant right for for that kind of stuff. And so I you know I I I, I I'm not a believer that. Uh, online education is the end all, uh, be all right. Like my friends and uh, siblings who, you know, have kids who are in zoom classes and stuff. It, 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 it just academically is not, is not at all the same, but I think that the crucial thing is, um, the non-academic elements of schooling, which I, I would argue in a lot of cases are even more impactful um, in in terms of like development than the uh, okay I you know I, I learned JavaScript or calculus or whatever um, where it's you know socialization and you know figuring out how to how to interact with people and mm. <laughs> like you know flirt and stuff like that and so uh, I, I definitely don't think and certainly hope not that the, this, we're heading to some kind of like indefinite situation where uh, it's like the Pelotonification of, of education, right? Uh, where, yeah. you know, you're, yeah. you have one teacher who's teaching 10,000 people or something like that. Wow. The screen. I that's, think that's super interesting. But I hope that's not the case, right? Because I, I think that that's you know it's like dystopian religion and, and, yeah most oriented kind in in weird way i know it's like it's not but it it's a it is a weird because you would get like very similar following bases around like certain you know ways of thinking yeah it, the, yeah the pelotonification that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i so i i, I have no idea it's i mean certainly it's going to be a hybrid it's it's like i really feel for um you know, kids that are graduating high school right now and have to make a decision around, okay, like, let's say, uh, yeah, you know, let's use Harvard as an example. Like, okay, great. You got into Harvard, you know, you, whatever you, you worked hard and did well in your SATs and stuff, but um, going like starting your freshman year uh, in Zoom in your parents' house is like a, not even a pale imitation. It's, it's, you're getting maybe like 10% of the actual experience, mm -hmm. even if the classes are 80% the same. Um, and so it'll resolve like, I, I, and then, you know, but you tap into issues about, you know, student debt and, and access and, you know, how ethical it is to gatekeep, uh, you know, the, the stratified, stratified, especially in, uh, uh, higher education, um, whether that whether that was ethical when there was no choice and also when that was eth whether that's ethical in a, in a sense that like sure yeah, you could have a hundred thousand people right. taking those exact classes right, right? and and, um, and they already do it so in know. some capacity like they, they already do it in some yeah. capacity i i i find it interesting we just we just hired a, a data scientist out of the lambda school have you heard of those guys yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know, I know, Lambda School and and the 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 ilk of that. Um, that model is interesting too, right? Because it's 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 like uh, it's bougie trade school, right? It's it's Double, you know, it, yeah. It because it, it, you're because you're trade school. Mm -hmm. However, it's it's like 
double incentivized because they want their students to get the best job possible yeah because of they have an you know they have some financial stake in it and they also want to teach them the best skills possible to get them the best job so it's like it's really dynamic i i think it's 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 brilliant and i've found an incredible higher and and continue to think that like that's in a, a unique way of the education system evolving yeah yeah totally i and i think that that model in particular is 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 really interesting uh and i i'm inclined to agree with you on that it it seems to align incentives you know nicely like right um, we could have done something like that i bet you know because i got i got a lot of my start from the professors working in general assembly and that their model when I first got into it was you signed up for what was like an actual course, like a 10 week course. And it was led by actual people that, you know, are those jobs that you're trying to become. And so it was like, Oh wow, that's a really unique way of, of doing it. Um, but yeah, that it is, it is interesting. Um, and not to go too deep in, into the education side, but, you know, going to uh, uh, Harvard and thinking that you wanted to be a journalism, what what in, kind of eventually led you to both come back to Los Angeles and start, you know, more on the business side? Because there's obviously there's a lot to do with journalism, but what was sort of the impetus of you coming back? Sure. Yeah. So I, I there was actually one step in between those 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 things. I moved. I spent a couple of years um, in strategy consulting in New York. Um, for a, uh, a small boutique firm called Activate that um, uh, was spun out, like it was founded by some McKinsey partners that wanted to basically do strategy consulting from, but but with a startup mentality basically. So it was a small, it was like twenty of us, and you know it was a it was a very startup feeling office, you know. Uh, uh, um, you know, concrete floors and glass walls and, uh, you know, in, in the Flatiron District. Um, but, you know, we were doing, uh, you know, strategy consulting work for legacy media companies, right? And so it was, it was, it was, it was a very interesting hybrid. Um, and I really enjoyed that because it, you know, let me get my reps. Um, <laughs> I'll say that um, one, one other thing, is, since we're talking so much about education, is uh you know I, I came out of Harvard and, and and especially once I was in you know business and uh and not not just uh uh writing writing it you actually do I think get very well prepared from the traditional education uh path but I, I came out and I realized like I didn't really know how to do that much that was like relevant to uh particularly anything right you know it's I, I studied uh I, I studied like politics and economics basically um and you know, liberal arts colleges by design, um, or certainly Harvard, like anything that is like practically useful, like they just don't teach, right? <laughs> like you don't do, like, I didn't know how to do a DCF model or something, right? Like, I like I didn't know how, you know, I hadn't been taught accounting. I, I knew a lot about economic theory, but in, in the real world that unless you stay in academia, that's, that's, that's only kind of tan tangentially useful. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, so I thought consulting was a really good way to, um, you know, learn a lot of that on the fly. Um, and then after a couple of years, um, doing that, I realized, uh, I decided I wanted to go back to school. Um, 
Uh, so I wanted to get my MBA, you know, partially to round out my, my skill set. And, uh, you know, I knew that at some point I would want to be, uh, you know, an operator entrepreneur. And so, you know, I thought that was a good way to um, uh, round it out um, for, for better or worse. I, I, I like business school, actually, but um, I, I can see the arguments against it, certainly. What are the, um, what are the arguments for it? For, for those that are listening that are like ripe for those sorts of ideas, I'm sure you can also, I'm curious if, like what your counterpoints are, but like for what, what are the reasons that people should consider it? Should go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the, the thing that I always really liked about it is um, it, it really does a good job of giving, uh, of teaching you the fundamentals and crucially sh- connecting the dots, showing you how, how all those things connect. So you, you know, uh, uh, so I, I went to USC Marshall, um, fight on, go Trojans. Um, and uh, the, so the, the first semester, the entire first semester is a, is a core curriculum, right? So you do, it's, it's like three spurts of like five classes each. And so, you know, you do like a, an intensive on, yeah, you know, accounting and statistics and marketing and, uh, you know, all, all of these kind of fundamental like business units. And then um, because of that, you, you really do get to see how they all kind of affect and impact each other. And so forgetting the holistic view um, of that in, in a, um, you know, pretty practical sense, right? Um, uh like as opposed to as as opposed to undergrad, which was like probably too theory oriented. Mm-hmm. If anything, business school is like too kind of practically driven, and like I said, you're you know, in the trade school is feeling in some way. Yeah, you're you're very in the weeds, and so um, so that I, that I really did appreciate. Um, and you know, the like the classes are are you know really really engaging. I like the case study model. Um, as as someone who likes to uh uh you know the talk and you know debate and and flesh out ideas it's that that's a huge part of what um business school is and um kind of getting back to what i was saying about like the non-academic elements um the it's it's it it, it, it's really incredible you know the people that you get to interact with are really incredible like have all great backgrounds and all very different ones and they're people that you probably wouldn't be you know, spending time with if you didn't are, you know, if they weren't, you know, friends from high school or something like that. Um, and the, the, the types of backgrounds that people are coming to or are, are coming from are, are so varied, and so interesting. And, you know, some people are coming from, uh, from kind of more standard, like consulting backgrounds, like, like I, like I was, um, but you know, people are coming out from the military or like nonprofit or, you know, the, the, um, and, learning from them and learning different perspectives, um, you know, from your peers. Um, and also everything is done, uh, uh in group work. Um, it pretty much everything is, uh, uh, done in as a group project. And so, um, not only like getting to know them and, you know, going out and, and partying and stuff, but like figuring out how to, uh, work on projects with um a really varied uh, like you know a varied and changing group of people um that's not something i had a lot of background in and i really did appreciate it um because it, 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 it raises your um let's say like business eq right um and you know figuring out how to communicate and uh you know divide responsibilities and stuff um i thought that was yeah i thought that was that was really helpful um and yeah, it just kind of gives you, it gives you a new lens to look at the world from. 
um, in a way that like, you know, look at, at sticker price, I think it's, it's kind of hard to connect it to ROI unless, you know, unless you're, you're interested in a, um, kind of very defined career path and you're like, okay, I'm, I want to go to like Harvard business school. And then I want to like go to Goldman Sachs. Right. And th that, that you can actually connect a very clear kind of ROI. Like this is worth the, a lot of money and kind of opportunity cost, right. Of doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, other, otherwise I, I, you know, I think people should definitely think of like, it, you know, think about why you're doing it and, and, uh, uh, you know, make sure that you're not, doing it just because you don't know what else to do. And I, I say this as sort of someone who did it just because I didn't know what else to do, but, um, and, and it worked out for me, but, uh, uh, yeah, well, it's well, a, even, even when, even when you don't know necessarily what you want to do. And, and as you said, in your case, like you went to an MBA, not exactly knowing what, what advice do you have for that sort of mentality? Like, how did you capitalize on it? How did you take advantage of the situation? Because, you know, just going there, not knowing, and starting to make moves to position yourself are like totally different things. So, what what advice, uh, you know, would you give, or did you yourself use your uh, to to sort of build a network? Yeah, well, so I, I think that um, the, the 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 one of the other benefits, and that this taps into to your question, is um, you know once you once you get out of school, um, you know whether it's high school if you're not planning to go to college, or college if you're not if you don't know you're planning to go to grad school or or, or whatever is um your your capacity for like experimentation uh it, it, the the window becomes a lot more narrow and difficult um and you get into your routine and and you you know kind of you tend to stay on a path it's it's, it's harder to it's harder to experiment and redirect um Whereas, you know, school at, at any level, level, but, but um, especially in business school, it, it really does uh, give an opportunity for a palate cleansing. Um, and uh, what, what, you know, what I did with it, you know, was more of a just pivot kind of within the industry that I already mm. knew and cared about and just wanted a, a different position in. But, right. you know, if you do, if you do want to, Hey, look, I'm uh I'm an engineer. Uh, I'm an engineer, but hey, maybe I want to be in marketing, uh, CPG or something. It's like without grad school, it's very hard to make that case to anyone, right? And explain why you're doing it and why you would be successful at it. Um, so it does give you a little bit of a um, uh, of a you know permission slip, a, a societal, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Cool. So I think that's really good. And and what that ties into is just, you know, it, ex experimentation, right? Like it's take that opportunity to um, try different stuff and, you know, try to find things that, that you know, match where you want to be. And, and uh, that's a great opportunity to do it. And was it after US, USC and after graduating that you joined the, you know, .LA to really run the day-to-day -day ops? And, and how, how did that story come about? Yeah, no. So it, yeah, it's a, it's actually um, a very funny uh, uh, piece of, of serendipity. Um, so I was planning to uh, I, I was I was gonna go to Disney uh, after school. I, I had done my um, summer internship there, um, mid MBA, um, and had actually stayed uh, working there like three days a week um, uh, through most of my my second year. Um, and so it was basically doing like strategy and biz dev for. Uh, what is now Disney Plus, um, and 
so I, you know, I was all all ready to do that. Um, you know, commuting from uh, commuting from Mid City to Burbank. Ooh, uh, you know, I, but... I did that same drive. Uh, I did an internship <laughs> yeah. at ABC Television growing up. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brutal, brutal. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Oh, um, so brutal. But... <laughs> um, but, but, but no such thing as a commute anymore. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's one of the few exactly. silver linings right. of, of the current situation. Um, but we had, uh, so I, I, I was already do that. Um, I was actually, um, I was in new Orleans for, uh, for jazz fest. Um, and it, this was like May, it was like early May, uh, last year, 2019. Um, and out of the blue, I get an email from, uh, Spencer who's now my co-founder. He's basically, he said, you know, uh, kind of what I, what I said at the beginning of this podcast outlined the idea of, uh, I want to start this, um, I want to start this media outlet that is going to focus on LA's tech startup community. Um, and, you know, I, I think that I can, you know, with, with my kind of connections and reputation, put it in a position to succeed, but don't really have the time or desire to go through all the steps involved in uh, launching a, uh, launching a, a new enterprise, which yeah. as you know, is, is there's just a lot of kind of, things to do right so he's like I, I want to um so i'm looking for someone who is you know younger and hungry and uh has a background in you know media and business and you know through some through some of these shared friends uh that we had um he it was was told that i might be um a, a good person for that um so i i, I was immediately very intrigued um and I, I I knew of Spencer by reputation, just in in general, but but also you know because because we knew these people in in common, um, and so you know the opportunity to collaborate um, and and you know learn from uh, someone who uh, someone like him uh, was was really intriguing, and also I I always knew that eventually I wanted to. Uh, found something right I, when I was in business school. I, I did a lot of the entrepreneurial um, stuff and just thought that um, you know thought that that was a couple of years out, right? Um, and you know, spend another couple of years in big company and then and then go spin out and do that. But um, as as these things sometimes happen, right? You never you never know when when opportunity is going to knock, and all you can do is um, uh, embrace it when you can, right? Yeah. And so. Um, so we very quickly, you know, over the course of maybe a week or so, uh, had a had a lot of conversations about, um, you know, what what this would be and how this would work, and um, you know, we we immediately found that there was uh, a good rapport and that we would be able to to work well together, um, and so. Uh, yeah, on on I think it was like May tenth or something. Um, we you know shook hands and uh, decided to to co-found this. And uh, you know I, I called the Disney folks and said thanks, but no thanks. Um, and um, and we've been doing it ever since. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's so cool. And and now what what are you most excited about right now with Dot LA? Like like you know for for people listening that again are you know either or only spent a couple of months with you guys or, or brand new to you what's what's kind of next on the agenda what are what what are you really excited about yeah no it's uh it, it has been a a uh a, a real wild ride of um uh i keep saying three but i guess it's almost almost four months at this point since we since we launched um but 
um, you know, we have just been really kind of hitting the ground running and trying to uh, to find the audience and you know serve them in the best way possible. Um, and you know that started with and kind of will always be uh, 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 underwritten by um, the text journalism product, right? You know, we hired a we hired a bunch of really great uh, reporters and editors from um, uh, you know top tier uh, institutions like the. Uh, like the Wall Street Journal and the LA Times and the Associated Press and you know Variety and and uh, uh, so you know we have really world class talent um, uh, on the team um, and now but ever since we've been uh, trying to expand that the we were always going to have a uh, a robust um, events program uh, which is going to be in person uh, before. <laughs> before uh, yeah. Uh, the world kind of fell apart. Um, if you look at kind of our our prospectus uh, from March first, uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 almost quaint now, right? Um, and but we we've used that as a, a a really great opportunity to lean into uh, virtual events, um, and those actually have um, a lot of benefits uh, that that um, li- over over live events, and so it's kind of a fun opportunity that. Uh, you know, consumer consumer taste and demand for those uh, is a thing in a way that previously it hadn't been, right? Yeah. Like, you know, virtual events were, you know, like, I, I, I hate the word webinar, but like, uh, you know, those were all, I, I don't know, I never got the sense that those were, you know, particularly uh, um, widely adopted um, or, or people had a huge um, appetite for them. Um, but now, are there, now everyone does. Because- are there any virtual events coming up that you're excited about, or any ones that you've done recently that like you really yeah. enjoyed? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so so we've really hit the ground running on that. Um, we we are basically at a at a two per week uh, cadence. Um, we tend to do them uh, Tuesday and Thursday mornings um, from eleven to twelve, um, and the ones on Tuesday have been uh, we call them strategy show or strategy sessions. Um, strategy sessions in which it's, you know, usually centered around a, a theme or industry, um, but we try to have it be as, you know, actionable and, you know, forward facing, right? The idea is that, um, you know, we're targeting them to, uh, you know, the, the, our, our core audience, which is um, the current and future decision makers in the LA startup community, right? And so, um, so we are, we're trying to find. We're 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 uh, you know assembling. We're assembling. Uh, it, it, oftentimes it's uh, you know founder and funder, and sometimes we bring in academics or just you know really people with really interesting uh, insights for uh, for our audience. Um, we've been seeing a, a lot of really great traction uh, on on those um, on Thursdays. Um, every other Thursday, we've been doing. Um, We've been doing uh, these pitch showcases, uh, right? And so uh, those are also centered around a certain industry uh, uh, or, or, or vertical. Um, and we we get you know some people to uh, you know quote unquote judge. It's not it's not a competition in the sense that you know one of three is named the winner or something like that. It's it's more more just uh, we try to find you know really excellent companies that uh, are raising and could just benefit from uh, greater exposure. And so those have been um, really interesting. So they get a chance to, to pitch, um, to pitch active angels uh, and or institutional VCs 
uh, and or uh, um, uh, high level operators. Um, so, you know, uh, the one that we're doing uh, this Thursday, I, I, probably the, the podcast won't be out by then, but uh, we're doing one on e-commerce and it's with, um, uh, it's uh, hosted by the um, uh, CEO of FabFitFun, which is an awesome uh, direct to consumer company based here in LA. Um, and so, yeah, we've been, uh, you know, we've been really uh, um, leaning into those and, and uh, just iterating quickly and improving them uh, as much as possible. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And so I, I would highly recommend anyone, uh, uh, if, 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 you're, if you're listening to this, you are almost certainly in uh, uh, the group of people that we're, we're designing these for. And we like to think that we're, we're designing them well. And so I uh, encourage you to, to come check them out. Sam, thank you so, so much for joining us uh, today on Demo Day's episode. We really appreciate you. Where can people find you? Where can they connect with you on the socials? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, first and foremost, connect with .LA. Um, so it's D-O-T period L-A. Um, you can find it. That, that's what you type into the browser um, to, to get the homepage. We highly encourage you to um, subscribe to our newsletter, which uh, comes out Monday through Friday uh, and is a, a really excellent digest. Uh, for me personally, um, as you'll notice, I have a, uh, uh, let's say, common name. Um, so you can find me as Sam N. Adams uh, on pretty much any, uh, you know, all the you know, Facebook and LinkedIn's and everything. And so I uh, would love to connect with, uh, with, with anyone who is interested. Um, but yeah, yeah, thank you so much for, for having me. Yeah, it was a blast. And thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good luck with everything and stay safe, stay well, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah.